0: Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've lost it. With Tommy Dorsey, he was playing I'm Getting Sentimental Over You. It was soft and slow, real pretty. <laughs> but I've lost it. Why do I lose it every time somebody else comes around? Why, Professor?
1: Well, you just keep on trying, Ed. We're bound to hear it eventually. Sure, sure. We're, 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 we're bound to. Uh, uh, something...
0: and welcome back to strange highways i am paul and i'm kevin and uh thanks again to el goro helping us with mr uh, dingle the strong last time that was a lot of fun uh, a lot of crazy alien talk and um i don't know fun uh, fun's a good yeah. word that we're not going to hear much of when we're talking about <laughs> talking about this,
1: this episode is, yeah <laughs> bringing the muscle in for the muscle last yeah. week so yeah uh well i guess two weeks ago now so uh, yeah yeah so this week uh do you want to introduce the episode here?
0: Well, I'll just say this. So, you know, if you guys have noticed, there's been certain episodes that I've uh, imbibed in uh, certain spirits as we go along. And, you know, and it's just, you know, sometimes it's fun to talk to to Kevin about Twilight Zone, have a couple drinks. I would told myself this week, I'm not going to drink while talking about Twilight Zone. Then static happened. And I'm like, I, I'm just going to admit it right now. I've been drinking ready for the show because I don't know how else we're going to get through this. <laughs>
1: I, th- I thought you were going to say it was a bad week to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I guess you just, like, yeah, whatever. Um,
0: yeah. So, yeah. static, right? So, season two, episode 20, air date uh, March 10th, 1961. Number one film is 101 Dalmatians. Number one song, Pony Time by Chubby Checker. Um, so, I didn't find. Anything really interesting for the, the the actual air date, there was some stuff about us beaming a uh, signal off of Venus and it came back. That's all cool. There's space stuff that goes on all the time right now. Um, the day before, Sputnik 9 was launched by the USSR carrying Ivan Ivanich. That was a dummy cosmonaut. I love the name. And then it was a dog, um, some mice, and a guinea pig and the spaceship made several orbits around the earth. Uh, and this basically showed that Russia was ready to send a human up, but I like the idea that the dummy is called Ivan Ivanich. Um, and then, so the, the most th- Russian name ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Russian russianvich uh, like a vodka McVodkastein. I don't know. That's probably
1: wrong. Uh, so uh, what would be the, uh, the American equivalent of that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh uh uh,
1: john mcjohnerson or something uh,
0: john mchammers (laughs) hammersburg i don't know (laughs) beer mchammersburg uh so on um on march 11th walmart
1: McTargetson.
0: (laughs) yes there you go yeah uh all right i'm done (laughs) football mc tractor truck uh so march 11th the, the the day after this aired uh, the Ken doll was actually debuted at uh, the the Toy Fair in New York City. So that was uh, – the Barbie doll had actually been kind of popular for a couple years. This was the first time they introduced Ken. So I thought that was uh, interesting and in teaching a world for a long time that men just have a bump and nothing else down there. So congratulations on the arrival of Ken.
1: Yep. It's all static down there. <laughs> it's all static um, down there. It's all,
0: it's all disappointment down there.
1: Um, yeah, so – all right, we'll jump into cast and crew here, if that's all you have for this date. Yeah, that's all I got. Yep. Cool. All right, so this episode was directed by our old friend Buzz Kulik, who also directed The King Nine Will Not... Uh, um, oh, man, just forgot the rest of the title. Yeah. I just wrote down King, King, Nine, King, Nine. Will King Nine Will Not Return. Yep, thank you. And uh, Trouble with Templeton. So we're going to see some similarities and not-so-similarities with Trouble with Templeton, and we'll talk about as we go through the plot. Uh, this episode was written sort of by Charles Beaumont. Um, it was based off of a unpublished story by O.C. Rich mm-hmm. called Tune In Yesterday, um, which I guess uh, this duo, I couldn't find much on O.C. Rich. There, there's not much information out there, but I guess he worked with Charles Beaumont quite a bit. And they ended up working on uh, not only some Twilight Zone, but some Alfred Hitchcock Presents and then they ended up working on a uh, oh, what is the film title? Oh, I'm so sorry. This, I just lost the title. I had it pulled up on my screen. Um, El Goro just covered it. The Intruder. The Intruder. Okay. I'm which is kind of that one. Roger Corman adaptation yeah, with, of Paul uh, novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I believe we talked about during the Shatner episode this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess Charles Beaumont and O.C. Rich worked together on that, though. I guess okay. Rich didn't have as much of a role on that. But so they ended up being kind of a writing duo for a little while in Hollywood. So, okay. yeah. yeah, so not necessarily all Charles, Charles Beaumont. And I think it kind of shows in this episode. <laughs> are, are, but you, are you going to play? O.C.
0: Rich for what happened. Or are you going to play? I
1: am. I am because I cannot find <laughs> out if he was a real person. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's his fault. Um. So i will jump into cast here. We have Dean, Yeager as Ed Lindsay, who is from Lima, Ohio. Maybe or Lima. There, there's, maybe. A,
0: there's some dispute about Lima or another place in Ohio. So there's some dispute about his origins. But so I wrote, "Born in Lima, Ohio, maybe." So <laughs> I, he's from Ohio. They're just not sure what city. And Lima, sure, if that's your claim to fame, enjoy
1: some controversy, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's most well known for he won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in Twelve O'Clock High. Um, he was in Game of Death with Bruce Lee and White Christmas, and then this was his only Twilight Zone appearance.
0: Yeah, so he was also Vanishing Point, which. Um, oh, I, how I, did I miss that? I, I, love that I movie. need. I've seen the beginning of it. I need to watch that whole movie because I, I know it's a awesome car chase movie. Um yeah. So uh, when Jaeger uh, tried to marry his second wife Gloria Ling in nineteen forty seven they were denied a marriage license in California due to a state law forbidding unions between Caucasians and Mongolo- Mongolians because uh, Ling's father was born in China. That is, I under, like, so the, the law is probably put in place because of uh, Pearl Harbor, the attack and all that, but it's like between Caucasians and Mongolians, that's a really weird law. So,
1: uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that he tried okay. to marry his
0: wife and there was, a, there was a law in California saying you can't do that.
1: Huh. Very interesting Um, and depressing. Yeah. So next up, we have Carmen Matthews as Vinny. Uh, This was her only Twilight Zone appearance. She did quite a bit of Alfred Hitchcock Presents and then uh, one episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Couldn't find much about her either. Um, I don't know if you had anything about her. That's it. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side. Yep. Uh, Next up, we have Robert Emhart, who plays Professor Ackerman in this. He was, this was his only Twilight Zone appearance. Uh, Again, did a lot of episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And it looks like he was in 310 to Yuma, which uh, again, uh, during the year of the Westerns last year, I believe that was on the list. (laughs) It was. He he was the
0: owner of the stagecoach line. So he was backing Ah, the posse trying to get the the bad guy to the train station. But then whenever he found out the gang was coming to town, he immediately jumped ship. So he was a very, yeah. uh, one of those wishy-washy, like, I got money, but I like my life, and he just left.
1: <laughs> yeah, so outside of that, wasn't too familiar with his work. Uh, next up, we have Arch Johnson, Arch Johnson, who plays Roscoe Bragg. He was in two other episodes of Twilight Zone, which we'll get to in the future. And I wrote down three episodes of Hawaiian Eye, Take a Drink, <laughs> um, and The Sting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wrote down Hawaiian I in all caps. So if you didn't get it, I was want to get it.
1: Yep. Uh, next up, only got a few more, some small roles here. We have Alice Pierce, who plays Mrs. Nielsen, who this was her only Twilight Zone appearance, but I want to bring her up because we've talked a lot about Bewitched uh, in previous episodes, and she played Gladys Kravitz.
0: Yeah. So, the f- weird thing about Definitely this...
1: Definitely her biggest role. <laughs> she won an Emmy
0: after her death for Bewitched because she was diagnosed with terminal cancer before Bewitched even started. She didn't tell anybody, but so she played the character for two years, and they said that it's one of those things that you could watch the obvious weight loss, but she didn't tell anybody, but she ended up having like her most success as she was wasting away in front of the camera for Bewitched. Oh,
1: that's sad. Uh, yeah, it is, it is kind more of her power. power. Too. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's incredible yeah. that she just... He's like, you know, I'm going to do what I love. Yeah, It's inspiring. Uh, next up, we have Clegg Hoyt, who plays the shopkeeper. And he was in one other Twilight Zone episode. Um, and then, very interesting, the DJ uh, was played by Bob Crane, or voiced by Bob Crane. He was Colonel Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. So,
0: Yeah, which, um, this will be the only time we get to talk about Bob Crane on the Twilight Zone. And not that I want to go too much into it, but... There is a film that came out in 2002 called Autofocus that had Greg Kinnear playing the role of Bob Crane. Um, yeah, it's it, William Defoe's in it too. It, it it goes into the more sensational parts of his life. It's an interesting movie, and it, they kind of lean into because he died uh, mysteriously because uh, it was like he got clocked in the head with some equipment or something, and it's implied that um, that it was all related to like uh, like um, a shunned love of another gentleman because Bob Crane was into some really really uh, crazy like erotic things, and it's. Autofocus is it's it's worth watching. It's this Greg Kinnear. You you at the time you think of him just like nothing but like a comedian, and he it was it was a really um weird movie. Like it was unnerving. I saw it in the theater. As like, I don't know I don't know why I convinced myself to go see this in the movie theater, but it was like it was it was worth watching. It's just that no one talks about it anymore. But I think this was one of his times trying to establish himself as like a serious dramatic actor, and it feels like kind of one of those roles that was like targeting like awards, you know? Yeah. But, it's a good movie
1: well it's uh directed by paul schrader who is the writer for taxi driver and uh wrote one of my favorite i i believe he directed as well um rolling thunder
0: yeah, which he one did. Of my,
1: yeah one of my favorite movies so yeah i'll, I'll definitely check that out it sounds yeah. it sounds uh, incredible
0: it was good yeah so um i don't know if you have any other notes from the rest of the cast
1: um, the only other thing I wrote down was Jay Overholtz is in this, uh, another one of those actors that was in a bunch of episodes. So,
0: okay. So yeah. I have, um, let's see here. Um, I have Clegg Holt. We talked about him for a second. You mentioned him. He was in, uh, he was in the cage, the original pilot of the twilight zone, uh, twilight zone, star Trek. Jeez. Why did I say twilight zone? So he was in star Trek. Uh, he, um, he actually performed in that and then actually did some voiceover for another character in the pilot, uh, for the menagerie. So like he did some star Trek stuff and then did some voiceover work. Uh, I um who else was in here that's interesting? The the kid, the boy. He was listed as the boy, Stephen Talbot, who yeah. we'll get to him in a, uh, <clears throat> in a minute. And the weird thing that the main character says to him. Uh his name's Pat O'Malley. He actually uh he was in um not Pat O'Malley, Stephen Talbot. He actually went on to do a lot of journalism and is uh, like behind a lot of PBS, like important documentaries. And he was a child actor and it's kind of like he didn't really want to get into the child acting. Like, like people ask him about it, he's like, "That's not what I want to be known for." He went on to do like some serious journalism. So I think that was kind of interesting that he pivoted from being like a kid actor into doing significant, like you know, uh, investigative journalism. Um,
1: yeah, I saw he had some uh, producing credits as well, but I assume. Oh yeah, he he worked on Frontline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that was a huge show for a long time. So, oh uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's done a lot. He's
0: done a lot more behind the camera or producing documentaries than he had in front of the camera. Um, so then we have Pat O'Malley as Mr. Le- Lewin. Um, he was, uh, in the episode back there, he was an attendant in the gentlemen's club. The only reason I want to mention him, and I don't think we mentioned him during that episode, was and the quote here, O'Malley aged rather suddenly, and with the advent of sound, his career declined quite rapidly, Rapidly is what it says on his Wikipedia page. And that just makes me feel sad. Like, yeah, that's, like,
1: that's a sad trivia. It's yeah,
0: like sounds... it's just like, oh, he aged rather suddenly. Like, what's that even mean? Like, I don't know. Like, did he do something? Did he just piss somebody off? I don't know. Smoke too, uh, too many uh,
1: chlorophyll cigarettes, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Jerry Logan was the rock singer that Bob Crane introduced. Uh, he, if you look at him, he does a lot of soundtrack work. He actually has a credit recently for a piece that was in the film Logan that is now nominated for an Oscar, not for soundtrack stuff. But he's still kind of – I don't know if he's still alive, and it's one of those things that they give him credit after the fact, but this guy's done a lot of music work.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't remember hearing him on uh, Logan, no, which I just watched no, the other day. I don't so. I don't
0: think there's a rock singer in Logan. I don't think so. <laughs> I
1: don't think uh, they were playing Little Brown Jug <laughs> <No>. on, uh, <laughs> during Logan, but maybe I missed it. Maybe.
0: Uh, and then the very last one I was going to mention is Eddie Marr. He was the real estate pitchman in one of the commercials. He was the girly barker in Perchance to Dream. So he was the one in the guy's dream talking about all the different girls before you got introduced to the, the main problem girl, the one that was tormenting the main character. Yeah. So there you go. So you see, I made a lot of notes about the cast, so I had some positive things to say.
1: So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of casts in this episode. There's really only three characters, though. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can kind of forget all of those character <laughs> names. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. So um, uh, yeah. So it's I don't know. I got nothing else. So we we will just get right to, to Sterling, which again, this is one of those ones that starts like four minutes into the episode. So we'll fill this in in a second. No one ever saw one quite like that, because that's a very special sort of radio. In its days, circa 1935, its type was one of the most elegant consoles on the market. Now, with its fabric-covered speakers, its peculiar yellow dial, its serrated knobs, it looks quaint and a little strange. Mr. Ed Lindsay is going to find out
1: how strange very soon when he tunes into the Twilight Zone. Let's see what you did there.
0: <laughs> it's a peculiar kind of camera i mean radio you know yeah um yeah like it, please kevin tell people what's going on in this episode like, i i will admit i've watched this thing twice and it was a little while ago and i cannot bring myself to watch it a third time so please start everybody off with oh, static. Fine. yeah well oh, this is another one of is video episodes by the way this is the fifth one that's shot on video and i think yeah. this is um the one that's the the it looked like the cheapest you know, like, yeah, it, it was yeah.
1: definitely the ugliest episode we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, not necessarily a fault of Buzz Kulik cause no. we've seen him do decent stuff. Um, yeah. So we open on a boarding house, says rooms for rent and you go inside. And there's a bunch of the people living there watching TV on the living room, um, uh, your main character, uh, Ed, he's playing checkers with the professor and you can tell a professor is just paying more attention to the TV than he is the game. And uh, I love on the TV, uh, which I just referenced a few minutes ago, there's an advertisement for chlorophyll cigarettes.
0: Yeah, that was um, weird.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily want to smoke chlorophyll, but I don't know. Green. I, maybe I do
0: everything's green or whatever. He kept saying, it was very calming, you know, like chlorophyll cigarettes. You know, it was just, I I know that was done like kind of tongue in cheek to show the absurdity of the advertising, but it just feels like that's something they would have pitched back then to be like the healthier cigarette chlorophyll.
1: (laughs) So he gets, he gets mad and kind of throws his checker pieces down and he goes up to the TV. It's like, you guys all look like you're hypnotized. He's changing the channel. That's when we get the little Brown jug song. And, uh, I forget what else was on there. It was like a NASCAR they were watching race a Western. Or something. Yeah, yeah, there was a race going on. So he's flipping through, and um, he finally storms down into the basement, and uh, there's a picture of him and one of the other women who lives in the house, and he picks up the picture, kind of looks at it, puts it down. That'll come in. Uh, uh, that'll come into play later on in the episode. But he pulls a sheet off of what is a giant old radio, and we find out it's a radio because he explains it, to that kid, Stephen <laughs> Talbot, in the window. Um Yeah, Stephen, he just this kid just shows
0: up and looks through the basement window. Like the kid's a total creeper. He's like, hey, what's that? And he's like, I'll tell you what it is. It was almost like a Mr. Wizard like thing. Like, oh Billy, come in here. I'll show you the power <laughs> of radio. But like Ed, yeah. when you first meet him, he is just a sour, angry man. Like oh, he just yeah. he just like like he's probably And this is maybe just because it's the freshest in my mind. He's probably the most unlikable main character outside of Rocky Valentine from a nice place to visit that we've seen
1: as at least Rocky Valentine was kinda upbeat
0: yeah, yeah, yeah like he wanted he wanted was. <laughs>
1: and he's depressing and uh angry
0: yeah valentine <laughs> just wanted to gamble and get a broad that was stacked that's all he wanted you know but like like yeah valentine he's just like that like just that bitter angry like oh you guys are watching tv it's mindless i want radio because it creates pictures in your brain it's like it was very like um I, everything he doesn't love t- a
1: good brain picture though <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like, oh, we're using knives and forks to eat. How fancy. And just everything you could everything you'd say to him, he would have a reason why it's terrible. You know? Yeah, like and he that, gets
1: called out for it later he on. He does, yeah. But he's just
0: an angry, pissed off man.
1: I do love the Serling introduction in this episode as he pulls back the radio, he starts dragging it towards the steps. As the uh radio goes off screen you see Serling in like a Captain Morgan power stance on the steps in the background. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Credit to my wife for the power stance thing. Cause like she would looked up and she was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I feel like the audio didn't
0: serve him well because he was on set and they had to push into him and it was just weird. But yeah, he was just like, I'm in a basement too.
1: Like it was great. I love, I, I kind of like the audio cause it, it for once didn't sound like a voiceover it sounded like he was just in the back of the room
0: yeah that's true and if you know so I, I enjoyed it like, the music playing in the background is from what you need that that ah, weird twinkly okay. you know blue noise whatever it is it's very that that's there um i also want to note here that um the uh, when the kids asking about the I, I put creeper kid looking into the basement is my note he asks him what it is and uh then he says uh, ed says i don't throw any throw away anything that's worth keeping i think he says it there or he says it later i maybe he talks about it to vinny about that later but he's very excited about this radio and it's a cool looking radio like i would like yeah. to have this you know that'd well- be
1: I, I think it's appropriate to bring up one of my only notes about this episode was terrible picture. Great radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fairly appropriate for this episode. Yeah. Uh, eloquently put, I guess. Yeah, um, Right. Yeah. So uh, where were we? Yeah. So he brings the radio upstairs, apparently paid the kid to help him carry it up there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. They, he please. switches on the radio and it's no. playing some rock and roll, some rockabilly song and uh, the kid starts dancing and he pushes him out of the room and tells him to go buy a Switchblade. Yes,
0: that's what I was going to say. Please don't skip over that. <laughs> He's awesome. just like, here's yeah. some money. Go buy a Switchblade. Damn like, what happened? And So this is my only production note about the episode. It says the scene where Ed Lindsay tells the young boy to go buy, go out and buy himself a Switchblade handing him pocket change was not approved by CBS, who asked Buck Houghton that the line be replaced with an alternative like suggesting candy or a remote control toy, which would have been fine. But it have been like, hey, go buy a gun like i just felt like that's what well, it felt like. To it was me. In,
1: it, it was in reference to the kid enjoying the rockabilly and the whole greaser <laughs> movement with the switchblades and everything yeah, i guess it was in sense. reference it was in reference to that he was like get out of here a little punk you know um so i i didn't take it as like go buy a knife and kill yourself or anything like that which i guess that's probably what the censors were thinking <laughs> um but uh yeah so he he kicks the kid out and um changes it to some old uh some old standards and you hear tommy dorsey's i'm getting sentimental over you which is really on the nose for this episode yeah um yeah so here's a knock at the door and uh, uh i believe that's when we we're introduced to vinnie for the first time and she says dinner's ready and he goes through his whole rant about women has been r- running his life Yes, since uh, for years and everything. And so begrudgingly, he finally goes down and joins the rest of the tenants for dinner.
0: Yeah, there's one point where he says this is what I was mentioning." He's like, I don't throw away anything that's worth keeping while he's staring straight at her. I'm like, that's dark and messed up. Like he is just
1: yeah. angry, you know, like, yeah, that's that's definitely in the scene. I believe when yeah. he says that, um, which, yeah, when you find out their history, that is that is really <laughs> Really mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's down at dinner and uh, he's humming. I'm getting sentimental over you. And he brings it up to the professor who's like, oh, what's, what are you? What are you humming? That sounds familiar. And he tells him he just heard him in concert on the radio. And everyone pretty much tells him like uh, he's he's been, dead. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's been dead for a long time. You couldn't have heard him in concert live on the radio. Um, so they get in a debate whether or not it was a recording and So the way to prove it to them, he brings him, uh, he tells him to come upstairs and listen. But there is a moment as he rushes back upstairs to get to the radio, the land, I believe it's the landlord or whoever is in charge there, turns to Vinny and says, uh, you should thank your lucky stars. You never married that man. So we find out after the picture in the basement and that we find out that there was some sort of relationship between the two of them
0: yeah and i think it's the one guy who's the antagonist i think it's that Bragg guy because like, yeah, Why yeah roscoe you? bragg roscoe bragg which that's the greatest name ever
1: yeah He's that's just... the most american name ever <laughs>
0: yeah roscoe bragg Take it back. yeah um He's kind of just given, given, uh, Ed, like, you know, some, like he's given him some lip basically being like you, he's the one that said Tony Dorsey's dead and it doesn't like he, he does not like Ed, Ed doesn't like him, you know, but, but he's kind of, but Roscoe's kind of like, I don't, know, he has a smarmy look on his face every single time he says anything like, I don't know. This boarding house seems like the worst place to live. You know, it just seems like you're supposed to sit there and watch TV for chlorophyll cigarettes and then have people bitch to each other. I don't know people if I want to be there. your
1: stuff out like this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so like so whenever he goes like ed invites like the professor and Vinny. well he invites the professor and vinnie just goes along um, Yeah, he's trying to convince people to go on and then uh, then i think ross goes like oh sorry i gotta go gunfire is on in four minutes and everybody rushes out of the room so they can go watch tv and gunfire is the greatest name for a tv show ever just i just want to <laughs> mention that outside of Hawaii and i that gunfire is a great name
1: yeah so it's it's all static on the radio and uh he can't get the station back in everyone asks him like what was the station he says wp and uh so i i think it's vinny who gives him the idea like why don't you make a phone call and call the station so he dials the operator and they they inform him that wpda has been out of business for 13 years now
0: yeah
1: so uh, the professor and Vinny kind of have a discussion of whether or not that he actually heard it, and uh, he says, "I believe he thinks he did." So he goes back in the room, and you hear FDR on the radio, and he sits down. I think we go to commercial break there.
0: Yeah, it's a weird commercial break. It's like it's a it, like yeah. It's there's sudden. two
1: weird breaks in this episode yeah, that absolutely. I was like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs>
0: yeah it was weird this whole this whole thing's paced weird especially when we get to the end like it it, it, it just kind of drags and drags and drags and then we'll get to the last like 10 seconds you're like whoa what just happened here this episode yeah. is like well off it's got a, it's got
1: like return of the king where i thought it was ending and then it would just come back for like two more <laughs> segments <laughs> like, um yeah yeah so it, it, he goes back down to get everyone that uh the, the stations back on brings him up and it's static again. So at that point, Vinny wants to have a talk with him. We find out that they were engaged and they met in this boarding house years ago. And his, I think his mother was sick and he told her that he wanted to wait to get married. But then after she had passed away and everything, he kind of became disillusioned with everything and depressed and they just kind of missed their chance. So, she thinks that he he's listening to this radio and he thinks he's hearing this stuff because it's in his mind and but, it's,
0: because it, the song that he, he wants hearing, to go
1: back in time. Yeah, yeah it was, it was song. their song. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's saying like, maybe you're hearing this cause you want to go back to when things were better and you want to start over again and everything. Um, and you find out that they used to listen to those radio shows together in the dark. I may add in the so. dark yeah
0: and but at first like he's kind of you get the idea that he's kind of like listening to her but then the moment he gets the idea he says like oh she thinks i'm crazy he just snaps at her you know it's like oh
1: yeah yeah so he he's like oh you think it's all my mind just get out let me alone so he just kicks her out and turns the radio on lays back down on the floor
0: yeah so then, like, this is, I mean, then the, this, the episode, this kind of picks up, like, this weird speed. It cuts back to him, like, walking into the house, like, the boarding house with, like, a bunch of groceries, happy as can be, saying, like, delivery, and he's humming to himself, and and they're all like, hey, did you want to watch, you know, TV downstairs? He's like, no. He starts listing off all the different shows he's going to be missing on the radio. Um, and then they're, they're trying to distract him because you find out that, like, they, they took his radio and sold it to the junkman. And he freaks out, which I mean, no matter what you could say though, if if the radio is real playing shows in the past, or he's just mentally imagining it, I'd be pissed if someone took my stuff and sold it too, without telling me, I think that, you know, I'd be mad about that as well. So I agree with him in this one, one instance.
1: Yeah. So he goes to the junk dealer and uh, tries to just steal his radio back. (laughs) And the guy catches him, um, Clegg Hoyt. And, uh, he ends up buying it back from him for $10 and, he does and takes it back to his apartment again turns on tommy dorsey yet again um calls for vinny and when she opens the door she's younger and they come back to him and he is younger as well and they end up getting their their second chance after all
0: but you you, you, you yeah. yeah you you, you mentioned <laughs> that like that's like a matter of fact but it's like that's the last like I, it's lasts so, last
1: like two minutes
0: it's so like junk. literally
1: two minutes it, it's just it's like bam 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 like the fact that we even went to the junk the junk dealer was kind of baffling to me as i was watching him like because i i paused it i was like how much is left in this episode because i thought we were about to hit the end there yeah and then it piss, it picks back up with him walking in with the groceries and everything and then we end up at a whole nother location. I was like, how much time do we have left? There was like two minutes left in the episode and we're introducing a brand new character and everything. Um, yeah, very strange. It,
0: it, the ending of this is like, I mean, I, I enjoy like a quick sudden ending. Like if it's, if it's on a good button, like I mentioned a nice place to visit that ended on a, a wonderful like joke. And I know like when we talked about it, then, you weren't such a big fan, but I loved it. It's like, ha ha, boom, 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 done. We're done. Episodes okay. out. Like the chaser, we're out, we're done. And it's like, but it's very like, that's the end of the story. It's been building to this point. This felt like the implication that somehow he'd been listening to this radio that could play old, old state, like the old stations, like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there was never any implication that it was giving him the ability to go backwards in time, you know? And, and, and then suddenly you see him without his mustache, his hair's dark and slicked back, and she shows up. And it's like, it's like, it's this weird, like, suddenly, like, happy ending that was never deserved at all
1: no. in this episode. No, by, by neither of the characters, because she even comes in and says, we're both mean people. Like, we're both, you know, Yeah. they both, they're both are aware that they're just mean people like intolerant people (laughs) and uh yeah then they get this nice happy ending which that's why you know it's not a sterling episode (laughs) um
0: well i mean like this feels like the this feels like a stop in willoughby where the guy wants to escape to a past right but this is a past that he knew as opposed to a past that wasn't like you know he imagined like a simpler time in the stop at willoughby yeah yeah and he he got back there even though it was him jumping off a train to get there this was like there was never any indication that this this radio worked this way, and not that it, I guess not that I need to have an item that you know it could be psychological or it could be you know actually tuning into this. It just felt like it felt like in Superman when they suddenly give him the ability to throw an S at people covered you know and they can wrap people up. It's like that's never been a power established by Superman. Why is this suddenly happening and stopping the bad guys?
1: You know, like yeah. that, like well, it just it was weird. I guess, I guess I took the episodes like this may or may not be happening. Like a lot of the episodes, it's kind of ambiguous whether or not what we're seeing is really happening. Serling kind of presents it as face value, but at the end of the day, like this could be him just stuck in this delusion of going back in time, Uh, or he's just happy. And this is how, you know, he wants to view the world from now on. And and like, that's fine. And I kind of like those amb- ambiguous, uh, endings like this. This um, is so ambiguous I, I, though. Ambigu- I think, uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's what I mean. Cause Serling, whenever I think something is more ambiguous than it is, Serling comes in like, well, I guess he did go back in time. Like that's what happened. <laughs> you know, it just kind of, kind of takes that. It pulls the rug out from underneath me. Um, but I think this episode, if you go in it, into it with that, uh, with that thought in your mind that like, maybe this is just still a delusion, uh, the episode isn't as frustrating as far as like how things are happening but again like I guess that's an issue with the teleplay as well because how many episodes do, uh, do we have like no explanation of why something is happening you're totally fine with it just based on the way the story is being told the fact that like you're nitpicking the episode. I I guess not even a nitpick because the main crux of the episode, but the fact that you're pulling out, like, why is this happening? How is this happening? That means like, you must not be fully invested in the characters. And I agree with you. Yeah,
0: I I guess. I mean,
1: like usually you're sucked in, um, suspension of disbelief. You just, you go along with it because hell, it's a twilight zone. But if, if, you're dragging through this episode like you're gonna start picking apart things like that well
0: you mentioned the trouble of templeton at the beginning
1: right so yeah, i feel which like it was directed by buzz Kulik. yeah uh, and, and when... that kind of deals with the dangers of nostalgia yeah because uh, this one's like well if you live in the past like maybe you'll get a second chance like nostalgia could be good
0: but the idea that like templeton pulled the script forward right and he had in his hand you're like yeah maybe maybe you know whatever but he learned to like you know maybe i shouldn't look backwards I should look forwards right yeah yeah and, and that one was like um, i guess it's not ambiguous because he learned a lesson but it's still ambiguous about the mechanism with this it's like the mechanism wasn't introduced until the last two minutes that's my problem like if it yeah. had been every time the radio turned on um, you know, uh, Ed would go back to, you know, like maybe Vinny would come in. This is me rewriting the episode. This is the first time this season that I've done this. Uh, keep a note. Like she would come yeah. in and she was younger self and things were happier. But then the, the 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 radio would go to static and all of a sudden Ed was back in the like his current time and and ba- and things were still bad. Like
1: yeah, I, but th- that was just, th- yeah. If if this teleplay was all hanging on that twist, uh, that uh, then nothing would have mattered by the end of this. maybe I don't know all all of the shock value would have been taken away I I just I don't uh, yeah I
0: just don't know shock value was needed like that's like
1: yeah and and also like I I think we've seen people going back in time so many times and just having to go through the confusion of like what's going on what's going on I I do think it was refreshing to tell this type of story because I mean let's be honest we've seen this type of story at least a half dozen times if not more so far on the series. Um, I think it was nicer not having that visual representation of going back in time and having them try and figure out what's going on. Um, every time it happens and just having the radio coming through and it was almost like it was warming up. Like the radio wasn't quite pulling them in yet. You know, yeah. um, But again, that's all speculation. They don't give you any of that in this episode, which ends up being ends up causing this uh, episode to be kind of flat.
0: Absolutely. Like he's unlikable. She's not terribly likable. Like she's sympathetic, but not likable. Like no one in this episode is likable. Like the professor is like, well, he even says a line here, and I wrote down, not impossible, highly unlikely. At least, I mean, you're applying like a scientific thought to it, but it's like he, he, you know, he, if you're such a good professor, why are you at a boarding house? That's that's the first question, you know. <laughs> and then and then there's a Mr. Bragg who just seems, you know, he's, uh, it's, I don't know, he was just there to antagonize.
1: It feels just wants like to shovel food and watch uh, gunfire. Yeah, yeah gunfire.
0: <laughs> this. This feels like the same group of people that wound up finding like later in like Kick the Can and like the Twilight Zone movie, where it's like they're all there waiting to die, you know? And it's like it's very it's awkward. And I the first time I watched this episode, I was trying to give it a chance because I love the idea of a radio or a TV or like an object that's like channeling media giving you things that you shouldn't be seeing. I think that's a really compelling idea. Um, yeah. And
1: I, I love the idea of music being able to take you back. Cause that's, that's one thing in my life that I feel like music connects with me really deeply with uh, like moments in my life yeah. that like I can listen to a song and be transported back in my mind to a different time. And the, that idea is so strong I feel like they could have done something a little bit better with it.
0: Well, like, did you see, and I know it was a short-lived TV series, the movie Frequency, did you see that film? Uh, A
1: long time ago. Yeah, other other than the very, very
0: ending, which played a country song that (laughs) pissed me off. That movie was actually... It was like it was interesting in the sense that like there was because the Aurora Borealis or something a father and son 30 years separated were able to talk to each other over a shortwave radio.
1: And uh, yeah, like
0: yeah, I, I I dug that because the father was talking about the World Series at the time with the amazing Mets and the son who was uh, Jim Caviezel. So it was Jesus talking to his dad which I guess you know that would transcend time, right? And he's like talking back and forth and it's like and then you figure out that the father he knew his father died when he was young and it becomes this whole thing of like hey, do I tell my dad about the bad thing and it becomes this whole butterfly effect but i love the idea of the radio like being the connecting point i thought that was cool um, mm-hmm. there is um <clears throat> there's a stephen king short story called er it's you are U- and it's about a guy getting a delivery of an amazon uh, a kindle like the old kindle with the e-ink not the fires and, but it yeah. was pink the whole thing was pink and not white and he opens up and realizes that this kindle actually opens up to alternate realities so he's able to read newspapers from the future of other realities. He's able to read works of fiction from other realities. Like had Shakespeare written more plays, had Steinbeck written more novels. It becomes this whole thing of like, this guy has these multiple worlds and multiple timelines available through a pink Kindle. And I just, I enjoy, I like the idea of like a probability or a what if, or even like a look backwards in this. I, I dig the idea that there's a radio playing broadcast from 30 years ago and like, there's something about, like, that's running in real time. I, I I dig that. I really, really, really dig that. This episode did nothing with it, though. You know, and that's that's the frustrating thing about it.
1: Yeah. um, oh, There's something else I was trying to think of. Oh, there was an Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, episode <laughs> in the 90s called The Sta- The Tale of Station 109.1. Oh, my God. And it has Ryan Gosling in it.
0: Really? Oh, uh, my goodness. That's
1: crazy. It's like... It, he's picking up a radio station from the dead. It's like at the end of the dial. And I, I remember that, uh, kind of creeping me out when I was younger. Oh my God. This, that's really Ryan Gosling. in that, that just blew my mind as I looked it up. Um, yeah, that's solely Ryan Gosling. It in was that. Submitted oh my for God. the God. And Gilbert Gottfried. What?
0: <laughs> what? Submitted. for the to go back of the and watch Yes. We need to watch that episode. I figure we, we should do, we should do some, Mario you afraid of the dark? I think that'd be amazing. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um some snick at night. You need to get that out know, here. I, I I uh
1: I tried to go back and watch some of the Goosebump shows <laughs> and uh those things did not hold up well. Like Are You Afraid of the Dark still has I, I think the stories sometimes are a little bit creepier so they hold up better. Um It, it definitely the kids and everything, it, it hasn't age well, but um <laughs> But I think the stories are a little bit better, which is surprising because I love the Goosebumps books. I don't know what it is then about the <laughs> TV show. But, yeah, we should definitely watch that now because yeah. I need to see Ryan Gosling in this.
0: There we go. Um, I think that would be amazing. But
1: Yeah, that's uh, that was kind of what stuck in my head when we read the synopsis because I had never seen this episode before watching it for the show this time. And uh, I thought it was going to be more of a horror thing. I, I don't know why. I think it's just because I had that episode of, are you afraid of the dark in my head? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh boy, man. A, a, a haunted yeah. radio. Here we go. Yeah. No, it's not haunted. So
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this was a wasted opportunity. And I feel like the main character was so unlikable that I didn't give a shit about what happened to him, you know? And I, I'm not saying yeah. that a story shouldn't yeah. have an unlikable character because if but if
1: there's a way to do it. Yeah. Like there has to be some way to relate to a character like there has to be something there
0: yeah absolutely
1: because i w- I watch plenty of movies with just reprehensible characters and leads in it um but there's always something there to grasp onto whereas this guy's just a, he's just an old curmudgeon like there's nothing he's a <laughs> he looks
0: like the jeff dunham puppet like it looks like the, like <laughs>
1: and i hate to give jeff Dunham. Any that's, that's put, the first it, time jeff dunham has ever made me laugh <laughs>
0: But he looks like that old man. It's just like it's just like you know, like yeah, and that's what he looks like to me. And I, just, you know, I don't know, whatever. I just oh, that's like, so funny. I'm just gonna say right now, like this is in this is in the bottom of the up. Ep- it's just there's nothing. It's shot on video. It's it's an actor that it, the, he's like he. I'm not saying the actor's bad. It's just the party's given is rough. Um, there's no real good resolution to this. It's, it's an idea wasted and I'm, I don't mean to be the guy to tear down. I just, man, this is a swing and a miss for me.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was on the low side of just, okay. I definitely did not hate it as much as you did. Um, <laughs> it, it, like you said, Dean Yeager, I think he's fine in it. Uh, uh again, unlikable. I think Carmen Matthews steals the show. Yeah. I, her, her moment talking to uh, Ed in the episode uh, Ed, that's definitely the standout character moment and even the look she uh, she has on her face when the uh, the landlord says like oh so glad you didn't end up with him like she had definitely the best performance which was funny because she didn't have that big of a filmography or anything I thought she was definitely going to be in a ton of things um, but yeah it, it, just, it was there was a great idea in there Uh, Something just something just didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, something didn't translate, I guess. I I would love to read that short story again. It was unpublished, so I don't think I I did a little bit of digging to see if it popped up anywhere at any time. Um, I couldn't find it. So I, I would love to see what the short story was and see what they ended up changing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's unpublished, so I mean, you will never know. So, I mean, maybe, maybe you'll find a book with blank pages and it will show you all these old stories from 50 years ago. Maybe that's what will happen. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I got, maybe you'll books go to the just, sto- uh, stories that you see in uh, in your eye. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, I would
0: like that. Like, I would love it if someone was like, the radio, screw that. Books are way to go. They would have been way better. If someone was like, the radio rots your brain, it creates too many brain pictures. You need books. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I or this or this the radio you will find in that that store of of um, curious items that was in Friday the Thirteenth the TV series. Maybe
1: yeah. that well, maybe Burgess Meredith will be that guy that's like radios. It's all about books.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mister uh, Bemis. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah again, I just I I don't I don't want to hate any episode of Twilight Zone, but. I never want to watch this one again. Like, I just don't know. Like, like watching it twice felt like a chore. Like the first time I watched it. And then when I got to the ending where it was like so sudden, I'm like, what did I just watch?
1: Yeah. Um, and if you're yeah. in the mood to watch something that kind of has this, uh, this vibe to it, just go back and watch like walking distance or something, or which is the one where he goes back to his hometown. That's uh, it. That's walking. The distance. Carousel. walking yep. distance. Yeah. Like go watch that. And even trouble with Templeton, same director, I think that one shows off his skill a little bit more. I think it presents the idea of nostalgia and going back to your past in a in a much more ingenious way.
0: Yeah, and I'll say that one played better for me the second time I watched it, you know, like cuz especially with the whole sequence of the speakeasy how it shut down as soon as he stepped out. That was interesting, you know. And this one there was no no latitude given to him to create anything dynamic, and that's unfortunate. And I, for, especially for Beaumont creating the screenplay, he's really, really good at getting weird. You know, after watching, um, oh, what was the one with the devil? Uh, what was the name of that? Oh, um, the Howling Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's capable of bringing you some, like, really interesting imagery. This had nothing. And whatever. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, except um, for a cool-looking radio. Like, that yeah. whoever is in charge of uh, finding props for this episode. Like, fantastic. It almost, like... It almost looked like a face. It was no, it, it was, was great. Yeah, it was great cool imagery with that. Yeah, and I well, liked. I liked. That's the probably my most positive thing I could say about this episode is how good the radio looked.
0: Yeah, and the recreations of some of the radio broadcasts that's fun too. Um, and in fact, I know that that feels like the. Um, the radio drama and the radio program, there's like a resurgence of that where there's people making new ones and putting them online. Like, I think that's kind of a thing now where people, are yeah, and I, and,
1: I don't know if I brought it up on this show. I know I brought it up when radio Violenta was going on. Um, tales from beyond the pale. It's a, uh, online radio, uh, drama, uh, horror series, uh, directed by Larry Fessenden who owns glass. Eye picks. Who puts out like a ton of amazing uh, indie horror stuff? Uh, He gets a bunch of horror directors to come and direct these audio plays, and they are fantastic. So I highly recommend that. And I mean, I think it's funny uh, that the Twilight Zone ended up going full circle and doing a radio show in 2002. I think it was. So yeah, and um, but and and it is kind of ballsy to put a uh, TV show out about how terrible TV is and it, rotting that's rotting your brain. It's kind of ballsy. Uh, while but they
0: yeah, use, th-
1: so there definitely is a resurgence. though. but I, I highly recommend tales from beyond the pale um, it, it, while they're stuff. using
0: a new technology of videotaping to complain about TV. I think that's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I almost feel like if they shot this on film, that would have given them the ability to like take time to come up with some different setups, you know, and being, being limited to a soundstage, stage, I, but again, it's probably the strength of the script, and it wasn't that strong to begin with. Um, and we still have one more video episode to get to. So when we get to uh, long distance call, which is coming up soon, I think maybe we should take a, st- a step there. St- we should stop there, I should say, and kind of look back on the the videotape stuff and about what worked and what didn't work so far. I only feel like one and a half, one and a half of the episodes have worked okay. You know, yeah. it's 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 been it's been an interesting experiment, but.
1: Um, I wanted what, to, what Paul's really trying to say is that Douglas Hayes should have directed every episode. episode of the
0: twilight zone. Oh my goodness. You are missed Mr. Hayes. I didn't realize that I'd missed somebody 50 years past, but you know, like, yeah, after, after seeing his strong work, I'm like, why can't there be more of him? But, um, you mentioned one, uh, radio program. I want to mention there's another one out there. It's, there's actually an ongoing suspense radio drama. Um, and I, I, you can follow them. They actually have uh, new episodes out. Like it looks like all the time. And I oh, know suspense, nice. there, there was the old school suspense that um, Agnes Moorhead was part of, right? For we talked yeah. about her during the invaders. Yeah. Um, so there's people still out there doing radio drama. If you like that, go check it out. Also, I found this is when I was doing my research on archive.org details slash old time radio. They have a number of old episodes archived that you can go listen to. So, it, it, like, there's one – actually, I see one here called X-1 It looks like a UFO uh, series or, like, you know, paranormal. Um, but there's a lot of old westerns. There's a lot of all sorts of cool-looking things here that if you like the idea of a radio drama – like, there's episodes of Dragnet because I know Dragnet was a radio show before it was a TV show. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Like, oh, look, something here called Dark Fantasy? That sounds amazing. Go, go – <laughs> yeah, like, there's all this stuff up there. Um, if, you, if you like that idea, and I feel like a radio drama does – it presents storytelling in a different way and i can see how i can see how someone like ed was um nostalgic for that time
1: you know yeah well go back to our uh our episode zero of this show you can hear us uh, dip our toes into the world of uh radio dramas
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right
1: as uh, painful as it might be it yeah. was fun
0: I, it's not that painful it was fine we talked about no. uh uh, what was the time element? Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that's it. Well, I was uh, just talking about the opening skit. We did getting in the car and everything, which we're, we're still on that road. So. Yeah, That's true. We, uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil I, the illusion. I, I was uh, about cause... as
0: angry as Ed was in the in this episode. I don't know why that was coming through. I was just like, get in the car, just get in the car. Kevin, we're going to be late. It's I don't fine. know why I'm angry.
1: <laughs> Maybe one day I'm going to get Paul and, uh, we're going to recreate a Twilight Zone radio drama uh, put it out as bonus content or something.
0: <laughs> that would be so, I would have so much fun with that. Oh, we should so recruit dumb. like three or four friends and just try. I think that would be so much fun to come up with something and try and try to do the Foley live action. It would be, it would be an undertaking, <laughs> but I would have so much fun with that. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I think, that's a way better idea than this
1: episode. So, uh,
0: yeah, I, you know, I have no other notes. I,
1: yeah, I kind yeah. of I kind already spoiled what my notes were. Terrible picture, great radio. Yeah, so.
0: so let's just get to the twist.
1: Don't act like there wasn't a twist. There <laughs> I, was totally a twist in this. My whether twist. or not you liked it or whether or not it was deserved is uh, up to you, though.
0: So I'm going to go a little off the reservation with this. I norm- normally would do like a zero out of five or one out of five. We never give it a zero. <laughs> Uh, my rating for this is what the heck that's all I want to give this twist because it comes so very much at the end and it's like one scene I'm like what the heck I don't even know how to give that a number
1: yeah Um, I kind of agree with you I don't think this twist was deserved Um, I I like my interpretation better than I think I'd like the actual teleplays interpretation of it. And I wish they would have left it a little bit more ambiguous at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give this a, uh, one chlorophyll cigarette (laughs) out of five. (laughs) I'll
0: I'll give this one little Brown jug out of five. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a steal, uh, cult of muscles rating system. I'll give this one chlorophyll cigarette.
0: Yeah. I I like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. One
1: out of five though.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm glad we're past this, and we're going to be on to the next one. So um, before we talk about the next episode, uh, Kevin, how can people get a hold of us?
1: You can find us on Facebook, Strange Highways Podcast. Join the conversation on there. You can also find us at on uh, Instagram at Strange Highways Podcast. Um, I haven't posted anything in a few weeks, but it seems like we got a few new followers. So thank you guys. Um, we really appreciate that. You can email us at strange highways podcast at gmail.com. If you want to lead us leave us feedback on the show, if you want to talk about any of your favorite episodes, let us know how you felt about uh, static this week or leave us 30 seconds of static. Uh, yeah. I know <laughs> Paul would appreciate that. That'd be great. Um, uh, uh, what else? You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Satchel, anywhere you can download podcasts, you can find us. Um, I'm working on one more uh, outlet this week, so I will announce that next week as soon as it's finalized. Um, and then <laughs> it would really help us out if you would rate and review us on uh, iTunes, just so uh, it'll bump us up the ranks a little bit more. But
0: Is that I is the outlet just like going to like a Big Lots parking lot and yelling at people? I hope that's what the outlet is. Like, hey! <laughs>
1: You like old um, uh, shows,
0: Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. No, um. So yeah, I want to give a shout out to people. They they've been they've been giving us five star reviews on iTunes, but not leaving reviews. That still helps, you know. So I yeah. see that we have. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, so we appreciate that. Uh, so if yeah, if you could do that in Stitcher, Stitcher's weird in the sense that you yeah, can't. I, go through I don't the even app.
1: know how to use it. <laughs> yeah,
0: Stitcher. You have to go like through a web browser and type in Stitcher slash our show. Uh, it's it's harder to leave reviews, but you can do that if you guys do listen through Stitcher. That'd be appreciated. Um, Next episode, The Prime Mover. There's no Serling intro that I had in my books about this. However, all I know is that Buddy Epson's in it, so it makes me happy that Jed Clampett is in the next episode.
1: So that's all I got. Nice. Do, yeah. uh, do you have a uh, Serling? No,
0: there's nothing. I didn't internet? have one. Oh, yeah. No, there's not? All right. Yeah, I'm so. sorry
1: if you already said that again. No, it's just, uh,
0: um, I'll just say this. Buddy Epson was supposed to be the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz, but he had an allergic reaction to the silver paint and almost killed him. So that's what I know about Buddy Epson. And and one day he was shooting at some food and up came a bubbling crude. That's all I know about Buddy Epson. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and heads up, next week is also another Beaumont one. So.
0: Maybe, um, maybe this one's more Beaumont than this one. That's
1: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Well, we're going back to Las Vegas. So at least we have that at the end of the day. Yes.
0: So, um, so yeah, that's it. That's it for uh, static. Um, I think the conversation about it was better than the episode. And I, I, I hate to say that about uh, Rod Serling, but, in uh, his twilight zone, but yeah, hopefully maybe 30 years from now, you guys are listening to your podcast player in your living room. And you're listening to us and you're just enjoying and just enjoying life. It was just a better time.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, sorry. I was trying to pull up some static sounds and I just <laughs> I, ruined it.
0: <laughs> I, I thought it was like a fire extinguisher in the background. I'm like, what's going on?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I don't know. Just <laughs> watch less TV, I guess. Is that, is that what this episode tried to teach yeah, us? Let's go watch some gunfire radio. Good brain pictures. Good TV. Bad <laughs> For the first time in green the new chlorophyll cigarette the smoke that doesn't smell like tobacco but smells good green cool like grass